Everyone, this is three questions with Star Saxty. All right, I'm like super pumped to have Star on today and uh, just just be able to sit and, and chat with her uh, before the podcast, looking forward to kind of spending some of the afternoon with her and talking. And Star has had such an influence on so many people in education. And Star, I got to ask you, and this is uh, the Three Questions podcast, I'm always really fascinated by the answers that educators give on this because you have influenced so many people in their work. And I know so many people look to your writing, look to your leadership. So as a student like who is a teacher that inspired you and and what did they do that inspired you okay so i've been really fortunate and i've had many teachers that have definitely impacted um the person you see before you right now but the one that's coming to mind most right now is mk other otherwise known as marjorie cashman she was my 12th grade english teacher and she was also the newspaper advisor in my high school and she was the kind of woman that like really was interested in what I had to say. And I was writing poetry back then, you know, angsty kind of stuff. And (laughs) she would read my writing um, that wasn't related to school. And she always gave me really productive, thoughtful feedback. And she was teaching us when we learned Beowulf. I actually remember this super clearly. Um, We were going to do Grendel after we read Beowulf and no one in my class actually wanted to discuss Grendel. And I loved it. Like I read through Mm -hmm. the whole thing and absolutely loved it. Totally identified with the monster in that book, really misunderstood outsider, totally different than everyone else at school. And because I was so digging it and she she decided we weren't going to do it in class because no one was interested. I would come up to talk to her about it at lunch because the book really spoke to me. And, you know, over the years, she's been still a mentor, I've been able to reach out to her my first book, she actually read before I put it out on other people's eyes. And she's just so awesome. And and that was the kind of English teacher I wanted to be just like her. The, The thing that I love about when you're sharing this is that you had the opportunity to read stuff that you actually liked, which like, I don't even how many books have you written? This one coming out right now will be my 10th. Yeah. And like, I, I always say this, like when I walked out of school, if you would ask me, would you ever write a book? I'd say, I doubt if I'll read one after this. Like I hated it. Right. And I think not letting kids explore. And I think that's a, that's a really powerful, um, thing that we have to talk about more is like getting you know kids and it's like different you know graphic novels I love reading sports stuff uh that really you know fascinates me that I kind of like laughed because I know we're the same age when you said teenage angst like poems right because I like like my life was like Depeche Mode when I was a kid and I like felt like so you know I don't I was like had problems that I didn't even know I had until I listened to Depeche Mode right like and things like that so like that is that like or I don't know. I know you're two years younger than me. So is that like a thing with you? Like, did you, what were you like listening to at that time? I was really into the Grateful Dead. Like before, like I was always classic rock, like uh, Led Zeppelin and um, The Doors. And when I found the Grateful Dead, I really feel like I found really? my home. Like, yeah, because we were all kind of like marching to our own beat. And I grew up in like a really affluent um 
everyone conforms and does the same thing. And I was never that kid. I was always like the weird one walking around school and like a muumuu and barefoot and like bop into my own beat, not really caring that everyone thought I was weird. So it was. I think Grateful yeah. Dead, you know, people that love Grateful Dead are really connected with bopping. <laughs> a little bit, I actually can't, I can't, I can't actually name one Grateful Dead song. Like I sure know there, there's the one. Is it called Touch the gray. one? Everyone who doesn't know anything about the dead knows that one. Okay. So now I, I know, okay, I got to just talk about music real quick. Okay. Okay. So Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. I got to share this with people. So Grateful Dead, I know they have like a huge following. People are like obsessed with them. So there's like a smaller band that kind of has like this Grateful Dead type following. And I swear to God, it's Hanson, you know, like Mbop. They like they're. I do know that song. Yeah, right. And, but they're like they're they're obsessive, and it's like crazy. It's like just how much people love Hanson. So just like just so you know, that's the thing. I I sorry, I had to talk about it because we're talking. I just heard the word angst, and I like I think of like you know Depeche Mode, and then eventually like oh, Pearl was... Jam and Nirvana, and like that was. I, like, I loved all of that too. Like yeah, yeah. so into it, and I music journalism was like my first foray into writing um, Relics Magazine, and what? they like. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I got my like little vinyl collection behind me of all my like sad music and stuff like that. So like angst, angst <laughs> in my childhood are like so synonymous. So I love that. So yep. your teacher's name was MK. Is that what you said? Yep, Marjorie Cashman. We called her MK. All right, this is the special MK uh, shout out. <laughs> You have no idea how much I love this little soundboard. Okay, so awesome. So, you know, I know that people look to your leadership uh, all over the world and you've written 10 books, which is like insane to me. And I know so many people have resonated with them. And, you know, leadership is beyond, I think a lot of people think the word administrator is synonymous with leadership. But I could tell you a lot of administrators that I wouldn't say are great leaders. And I know a lot of great leaders are not administrators, right? But when you think of like, uh, like an administrator specifically, who is like an administrator, whether it was you as a teacher, you know, in your work today, uh, you know, as a student who like really stuck out to you and why? Okay. So I would say there were two and it's important for me to mention both of them because they were at different parts in my career. So early, early on in the very first school that I taught in, um, Cheryl Jones was my principal And I knew nothing about teaching, but she saw something in me and definitely made it a point to acknowledge every time I took a risk for the benefit of kids. Yeah. And even though, you know, like, and she got me the help that I needed to start improving and like gave me the space to be who I started to become. Whereas my direct supervisor at that time, she always tried to knock me down. Mm -hmm. So it was like my optimism, she appreciated the fact that I had come into this low performing, high poverty school as a young person Mm -hmm. and just embraced everything there was to do in there. And if they asked me to do anything, I said yes, because it felt like the kids needed to have the opportunities that I was lucky enough to have when I was their age. And they just didn't even know from the kind of opportunities that I had. And it was five miles away from from the school that I grew up in, which was crazy crazy to me. And the other one was Nick German, who was in the school I was at the longest. 
And the reason Nick is so important is because he didn't always understand the crazy stuff that I was doing. And that was the school that I sort of started moving away from grades and really started to perfect um, the things I was doing in the classroom. But it was also when I got national board certification, mm -hmm. when I started blogging for Ed Week. So my outside career had started picking up. And Nick always kind of helped keep me grounded. He was really honest with me all the time. And when he didn't understand something, he wasn't afraid to ask. Um, and if I had a crazy idea, he just supported it. And he waited to see the student impact before shooting me down. And a, a lot of other administrators I've had have been very threatened by me mm -hmm. as a teacher and not very interested or invested in helping me grow as an educator. And he was always in it to help me grow. And I'll never forget that. And this is, this is something I think about all the time is that our, our whole goal in education is to elevate the people we serve, right? And when we think of that, we often think of kids. But then a lot of times we run into situations where, you know, we have, there's, there's jealousy. Like you're doing something really well and it's like, well, you're doing something well. So like, why are you the favorite, blah, blah, blah. Right. And you can see this and it happens too often in education. And then if the adults actually aren't lifting each other up, then the kids will notice that for one. And then they become that. And it also like kind of diminishes, you know, our hopes for school. Right. And I know I've, I've felt that at some points. I can, I can honestly say that I've, I've like, I don't want to say like, oh, that's only happened to me. I'm just like the perfect colleague, right? Like, I know that I've had to like address my own jealousy of people getting things that maybe I thought, hey, I deserve it at the time and saying like, hey, maybe, maybe it's not the outside source. Maybe it's me. And how do I actually get better? And like actually looking to other people and saying like, hey, it, like looking into people and saying they're successful. Why not? They're successful. They shouldn't be right. And actually asking those questions. And so awesome that you know, you have people in, you know, in your trajectory that did that for you, because I know that the world would be worse off if we didn't have your voice, right? And we didn't have all of your content and things like that. So that, that to me is, is really powerful. And I appreciate you sharing that. So with all the growth and with all the risks and trying different things and the ways that you actually connect with people so that when you look at your career and you look back in your career and you've written a lot about your reflection and you've tried stuff that's really risky, like what would you actually look back on and say, and like, what advice would you give to yourself at the beginning of your career? Be gentle with yourself. I expected myself to be perfect right away. Um, I needed to be able to answer every question. I needed to go into every classroom, the expert of everything. Mm -hmm. It's so ludicrous now when I think about it, um, just how much stress I put on myself to just know. And it's not even things I could have known, mm -hmm. but, you know, like over the years, letting go of that need and like really embracing the constructive sort of... Um, element of me and the students co-constructing curriculum and building things together and not not knowing answers has made my classroom so much better because it has left space for the kids to be able to be like oh I know how to find out the answer to that and really creates this nice synergy between me and them where we are partners in the learning and I am not just the expert in the space, even if there are things that I have more experience with just because of the sheer fact of my age than mm -hmm. they might have in, in their experiences. 
And as a new teacher, I just, I mean, I probably could have given myself ulcers and <laughs> all kinds of anxiety about just, and I was up all night sometimes trying to plan like right. the perfect lesson, right. which is crazy to me at this point. And I think that when you're talking about really kind of modeling that learning, we ask kids to take risks. We ask kids mm -hmm. to try different things. But then there's a certain, you know, worry for a lot of people that if they do that, they're going to somehow look bad. And I think it's better to, it's, it's more important that you look real, that you have that. And people say like, hey, this person has done a lot. They've, you know, got, you know, they have success, yet they're still struggling. They're still having, you know, a hard time. And so when I do that, it doesn't mean that I'm on the road to failure. It's actually the opposite, that that's just part of the process. And I, I know... Um, you know, a lot of new teachers, and I think we have to be better as a profession taking care of our new teachers because we tend to say like, mm -hmm. hey, this person's coming to the profession, they got a lot of energy, let's see how much we can pile on them at the beginning of the year, right? And mm -hmm. really, when they're really overwhelmed, where, you know, people later in their career are more comfortable, um, they've done that, and, you know, sometimes, so I, I think we just got to take, you know, that the notion of being gentle, as you shared, is so important. So Star, I'm really looking forward to uh, jumping more into the podcast with you and talking about your books, talking about all the stuff you've done, but thank you for three questions and we are out. Bye everybody.